Hi there, I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko, here for another episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. I'm so excited to introduce this episode's guest, which is Carl Sanft, the CEO of 24-Hour Fitness. We talk about the brand's 40-year anniversary and what's been key to the brand's longevity, look back on Carl's first full year as CEO, and discuss industry trends such as mental health and recovery. Enjoy. All right, Carl, it's so good to see you as always. Nice to see you as well. Yeah. Um, and thanks for coming to the May Summit. I think that was the last time I saw you. Um, and it's always good to see you in person. I love the summit. You know, I, uh, I had a chance to put a quote in and uh, it, I meant every word of it. It's a perfect combination of industry content to keep you up to date on everything that's happening, as well as the personal relationships, collaboration, best practices. I look forward to it every year. Oh, thank you. And we're super honored that you come and really appreciate your partnership. So thanks for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Keep yeah. inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm super excited to talk to you because 24-Hour Fitness just celebrated a huge milestone in its 40-year anniversary, which is something that not a lot of businesses can say, especially in health and fitness. So I'd love to hear from you. What do you think has been key to the brand's longevity? There's so many stories in 40 years, it's, it's tough not to be verbose. I think the succinct version is, first and foremost, that we're humbled. We're humbled by people that started the company, obviously, starting with Mark Nashroff as our, as our founder, all the leaders that came through 24-Hour Fitness to build it, to the company that I had a chance to you know, join and um, subsequently lead you know, as we move forward. So I think, you know, all those stories of all those leaders, first and foremost, are, are what come to mind. And, and then the member stories, you know, the member stories of people. We actually have members that have stayed with us for all 40 years. We have a list of people who have been members all 40 years. On October 10th, uh, which is right around the corner now, I celebrate my 30th year as a member. So, uh, you know, the combination of the members stories and then the leadership stories and all the, you know, personal sacrifice and contributions are really what come to mind. So humility, you know, a lot of reflection and then a lot of 80s fun. How can you not have 80s fun? So, you know, it's a real chance to just kind of, you know, be a little bit goofy and celebrate. Everybody likes 80s nights. So uh, we had a lot of fun celebrating it. You know, the clubs actually, you know, did a lot of decorations and, uh, you know, group exercise classes, people dressed up. Heck, you know, in workouts, people dressed up. So it's pretty fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's so cool that you've been a member of the brand for 30 years. That's a very unique story. And I think when we talked in the past, you actually were telling me that you were actually like thinking about your future when you were working out in the early days as a member, right? Yeah. Well, you know, as 23 years old, I was working out my workout partners, Brian and Gerard. And, um, you know, in between sets, you know, those are the conversations you have as you're graduating college and you're thinking about, you know, what it is that you want to accomplish in your life and where you want to go. And, you know, never in my wildest dreams did I think that I was in the place where I was going to be. So it is, you know, kind of a kindred spirit type story. You know, when I got a call, you know, to come over as the chief operating officer before I was promoted, it was beyond exciting. You know, it's a, it's a lot of real work. It's a lot to serve our team members and our members alike, but it's a passion of mine. So it's, it's easy from that perspective. Yeah. Very cool story arc. Going back to the 40 year anniversary, you guys kind of celebrated that hallmark by partnering with an organization called Playworks. So I'm really curious. Can you just tell me why that organization was significant? What can you tell me about that partnership? Your Playworks actually wasn't a new relationship for 24-Hour Fitness. It's, it's a bit of a rekindled relationship, but 
there's certain places, you know, everybody would say community is important and giving back is important, et cetera. But you're really looking for that perfect intersection of not only being a part of your community, but being in a place where you can really add value and it's authentic and it and it makes sense. And and Playworks is exactly that. It's it's about movement, it's about recess, it's about you know, getting people to understand that, you know, physical movement and mental well-being at an early age is, you know, something that's very, very important. And Playworks, you know, just does an incredible job of that. They bring recess to, you know, underserved communities where recess doesn't exist. And, you know, that's kind of a bit of a pause is to say, well, what do you mean recess doesn't exist? But if you really spend time thinking about it, you know, there's investment there with, you know, all of the, you know, tools and exercise equipment it takes to actually, you know, make that happen. And um, they have a lot of fun. So the first thing we did is we we remembered to have fun as a leadership team. We got together in a club with Playworks and we had recess as a leadership team and we played games and we high-fived and um, mm-hmm. we learned, you know, all the verbiage. And, um, and then we went out and, you know, started to engage in schools and, you know, give back an incredible amount of hours and dollars in partnership with our members and, so you just kind of take a step back and you say 24-hour fitness is engaged in bringing recess with a great partner like Playworks. You'd say, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, that's what I love about the partnership the most is it's organic, it's authentic, and uh, it's making a meaningful difference. Yeah. And very timely, too, because I think I read that, you know, kids these days just aren't playing as much as maybe their parents, which is really sad. And not good if we want to have people, a future of, you know, that are healthy and active. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, our conversation started this morning, you know, off podcast about, you know, parenthood. And of the many things that you think about in parenthood is you think about screen time and you think about, you know, the right amount of, you know, exercise and you want them to be safe and you want them to be included, right? Inclusion is a big part of it. And uh, I think Playworks really focuses on inclusion. So it's not only the act of playing, but it's a, it's a set of values and inclusion type behaviors that make sure that everybody has an outstanding time. So uh, I think it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Well, you also just finished your first full year as CEO. So I'm really curious. Yeah. yeah what have been some of the highlights over the last 365 days? Wow, that's a it's an outstanding question. I think that you know, it's interesting, you know, as a chief operating officer, you're you're highly involved in, you know, the strategy in the business. You know, many people told me, you know, going into the role, it's it's different when you're the CEO and and they're right. You know, you feel the weight differently as a CEO within the organization. But it's really all about not that I have it perfected after a year. That's that's not at all my inclination, but you're staying grounded on what's important, uh, making sure that your team is inspired, engaged, make sure that they have belief in you, you know, so you hear me talk about authenticity a lot. It's, it's one of my, my favorite leadership traits. So making sure that you have a high degree of believability and authenticity. Uh, when you get things right, you say that you got it right. When you get things wrong, you say that you got it wrong. And people have a lot of room for you in both instances, as long as you, you know, stay true to yourself. I think the partnership with the owners has been amazing, also built on transparency and authenticity. You know, they've done a great job of, of staying with us, you know, picked us up out of bankruptcy, you know, things like Omicron and Delta were nowhere in the plan. So uh, I'm humbled and appreciative of all that they've done. I'm happy with a lot of the movement that we made in my first year to be direct about the question. 
I don't confuse, you know, movement with outcomes. So I like a lot of things that we've accomplished. And I could say these are all the things that I think that we did well. There's probably a longer list of things that we want to accomplish. So by no means done. I think investing back in our existing portfolio is something that's very important to me. You always get asked the same questions as CEO. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, are you the CEO of 24 Hour Fitness? Yeah. How many clubs are you going to build this year? You know, it's kind of the the bellwether of health. I don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we want to build new clubs like everybody else does, and we want to grow our brand like everybody else does. But we really just need to, you know, be healthy from the inside out. And uh, we need our members to be happy that they're members and stay members. So there's a real focus on uh, lowering our attrition or you know increasing our retention, depending on the angle by which you look at it. We need our team members to love where they work. So there's a lot that we do with you know Gallup and engagement to make sure that you know they love the things that they do every day and they get a chance to be great every day. We went through a lot of changes in organization the first year, a lot of right sizing, a lot of you know cuts and you know, reductions in force, unfortunately. Uh, while doing all those things, we increased our engagement scores, which seems almost like an oxymoron that you had the ability to make all those draconian changes within the organization and engagement went up. I'm appreciative of that. I don't take that lightly. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm human, so I'm saddened by the losses that we experienced through that. But but I know those losses also are the same very changes that, you know, provide us with a future. So, you know, there was a lot of moving parts in my first year. I think overall, I think the organization made progress, but I think we're a long way away from our outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said, though, about movement and, you know, being like, as long as you're kind of like having positive energy and and heading in a certain direction, that that can feel just as satisfying than if you hit, you know, X, X and X. Yeah, I think that I think it's also about you know, being realistic with your team about you know where we are and what it's going to be like. I think uh, one of my favorite quotes is that 2023 is going to be a grind, which isn't inspiring, <laughs> but it does give you you know a little bit of room as a leadership team to say that we haven't quite hit you know that that moment where things are going to come easy, that flywheel effect, but we're close to it. So, you know, like work with me through this year, we'll grind through this year, and then we'll see if some of the fruits of our labor come true in the next year. So I think, you know, um, people appreciate that. I think it's it's far easier to be the leader that smiles all the time and tells everybody what they want to hear, but that eventually catches up to you and people no longer believe you. So I'm, I probably run risk of being overly transparent when it comes to the things that we're doing and what the year is going to feel like. Probably could have found a better adjective than grind, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really what it was, you know, to get done what we need to get done. As well. Yeah. Well, setting realistic expectations is important. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I think you touched on a couple of things, but is there anything else on the horizon for 24 hour fitness that you're really excited about? Uh, there's a lot that I'm excited about. You know, I think that, uh, you know, when you, when you look at 2023, you know, and people coming out of, I mean, we didn't touch on it, which is you know, pretty astonishing, but you know, the COVID effect and then the longer COVID effect, you know, a lot of people are still finding their rhythm, you know, both personally and professionally. And a lot of those rhythms have been, you know, recreated or established. You know, I used to spend this much time in my home and I used to spend this much time in my office. And 
And this is how I travel in between. And I think that's a little bit different for everybody these days. I think what really, you know, got accentuated through COVID is, you know, the need for, with all the pre-existing conditions, the need for, you know, physical and mental well-being. And, you know, when I, when I talk to members and I talk to team members, there's a huge focus on mental health, yeah. um, you know, and uh, not that there wasn't before, but, you know, people really, you know, went through a lot. We all went through a lot as it related to COVID, both, you know, mentally and physically. So having a place to get back to, you know, taking a moment to focus on yourself, I like calling it the best hour of your day. And everybody's different. You know, some people engage in communities and group exercise. Some people enjoy access to fitness professionals and personal training. Some people just like, you know, throwing their headphones on and the music being really loud. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, everybody's different, but, um, you know, having that moment to really engage on, you know, re-energizing, refueling, kind of filling your cup and coming away both mentally and physically better, you know, we need to create that venue within our clubs. And um, so we're focused on membership. We're focused on so growing membership, of course. We're We're focused on people engaging in more than just membership. So that's that group fitness, group exercise, personal training, you know, access to community and fitness professionals. And we're celebrating where people are achieving milestones, you know, whether it's um, mental or physical milestones. And um, when we're investing back in our clubs, I think those are milestones for us, you know, lots of clubs getting refreshed and, you know, uh, I'm excited about those clubs. The members are excited. It's really unique about the, the fitness industry you know, especially coming from a guy that spent so much time in retail, you mean, you might visit a retailer two or three times a year. You might, you know, visit your gym two or three times a week. So when you, you know, paint the gym, yeah, you paint their home, their second home, you know, and the members get really excited about it. So there's a lot of kind of giving back and refreshing in, you know, kind of the short run for 24 hour fitness to make sure that our brand um, stays relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I love that anecdote. That's just a great little nugget for other operators to kind of really pay attention to. I mean, like you said, they're coming to the gym multiple times a week. So if you even just do something small to show that you're taking care and thinking of the member experience, that has a huge impact. They notice for sure, you know, and, um, and you know, those are, you know, a lot of the changes that we made in my first year. We, um, we went to a club attendant program where people clean throughout the day versus just overnight. And um, it was a bit of a learning curve in running a cleaning company. But I think that, uh, you know, um, the members certainly see that, you know, we're out there engaging and making a difference in the cleanliness of our club. So I think that's, that's really positive. Um, one of the first moves I made was to, you know, move over a third of the portfolio back 24 hours for 24 hour fitness. So I know, you know, that resonated well. And then, you know, making sure, you know, much like with your team members, with your members, you know, they like to see movement too, you know, so, and don't claim perfection when it's not, you know, yeah. so yes, you expanded in a third, but you didn't expand in two thirds. So why did you change the hours in two thirds? So, you know, trying not to be overly magnanimous in your approach uh, to leadership, but just saying that as we get healthy, we'll update our amenities. And as we get healthy, We'll expand our hours. And um, so, you know, the members are kind of growing with us and they're on the journey with us, which I think our members are willing to do. Yeah. 
Well, you mentioned mental health, and I was going to ask mm-hmm. if there are any other industry trends that you're really keeping an eye on. Yeah, I think that, you know, um, the demographics of the member are, are really interesting. There's there's definitely been, you know, a change kind of pre-COVID and post-COVID to, you know, who's in the gym. And yeah, um, yeah and it probably started with, you know, a couple of extremes, I think. If they ever left the gym during COVID, the young male is definitely back. So you see, <laughs> you know, I think they might have been in there through COVID, but you see, <laughs> uh, not our clubs, we close, we follow the rules. But, you know, if you see, um, you know, the young male that wants, you know, the heavy, you know, iron and wants to lift a lot of weight, they're certainly in our clubs. And then amazingly, when you start thinking about, um, you know, you know, um, seniors and a lot of the programs with seniors and group exercise, they're back in full effect. And uh, it's fantastic to see. But then when you start kind of parsing your way through the middle, I think what, you know, you see is that there's, you know, a member, you know, I don't know what the age would be, you know, you, you set a bracket and people tell you you get it wrong, but it's somewhere akin to, you know, 35 to 50 years old, you know, kind of that, that um, professional woman, that professional man who, um, you know, can replicate some aspect of their workout outside of the gym, they've been a little hesitant to come back. Um, So we've been working diligently to find ways to inspire, you know, those cohorts of members to come back. So, you know, I think the short answer to your question is demographics of the member and who's back and then making sure that we're adjusting our value proposition, our class offerings, our service offerings to both embrace people who have come back as well as inspire people who haven't come back to come back in our gyms. That's a lot of things that we think about in what are too many meetings during our days. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Awesome. Well, um, is there anything else that you want to share, Carl? Anything else top of mind? You know, there's there's some great news, you know, for 24. You know, you are seeing, a, you know, a couple of new clubs go up. You know, we're opening up and you know, West Roseville up in Northern California. We are moving within the same mall in the marketplace in Irvine. I'm going to the club opening later this week. There's some new amenities within those clubs, which are pretty exciting. You know, you see up in West Roseville, you know, the first cold plunge at a 24 hour fitness. So there's a big focus on things like recovery within the industry. So we're, we're learning our way to invest in recovery appropriately. I also think there's, you know, upgrades that are coming in our clubs. You know, I saw pictures, I'll, again, I'll see it live this week, but uh, of the, you know, the first infrared saunas going into 24-hour fitnesses. So I'm sure you know all the benefits of infrared. We've certainly been in meetings together, you and I, where we've seen partners talk about infrared sauna. I'm sure I'll get a call after this to say who's infrared sauna is it, so I'll pay for <laughs> I'll pay for the podcast, but I think that um, <laughs> you can see um, us learning to invest in update again, you know, I'm not looking for people to say, you know, Hey, that's great. You know, you've got it in, you know, one club, two clubs with what I am moreover trying to emphasize is just the point of as technology changes and evolves, we too are changing and evolving. And when I say that we're investing back in our clubs, we're doing that in a meaningful way to make sure that we can stay up for trends like recovery, which I think are real. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Beth uh, Smith is going to sit on our wellness and recovery panel at the retreat in September. So super, super excited to hear what she has to say. 
She's an incredible leader. She doesn't talk about it. So I will, you know, she played college basketball. So she's, you know, an amazing athlete. And uh, we were on the, a call earlier this morning talking about, you know, recovery and ways to, you know, enhance recovery. And, you know, I know my workouts have changed as I've aged and I'm sure that's the same with a lot of people and, you know, really understanding the science behind recovery is important for all of us. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I want to close with um, maybe just a final piece of leadership advice that you could share with our audience. Leadership advice, I'd say, you know, really get clear on on what you stand for as a leader and and remind yourself of it often. It's easy to say, you know, a lot of people, you know, work real hard to, to do what they're told or they work think real hard to you know, not get things wrong. I respect all that. I was early in my career too. But I think as you get a little bit deeper into your career, what it really comes down to is, are you are you clear about what you stand for as a leader? Can you find a cultural fit where the things that you stand for as a leader are embraced and, you know, emphasized and celebrated in the company that you want to join? And then can you find that fit in such a way where you can be, you know, your full self at work and, you know, focus on the things that you're trying to accomplish for, you know, in our case, as an example, your team members and your members. So are you working at fitting in at work or are you working actually on the work that there is to be done? And a lot of that has to do with whether you can find that cultural fit or not. Cultural fit starts with being true to yourself. And um, if you can be true to yourself and, and who you are and you know, how you want to lead, then it's easier for companies to be honest with you. Um, and I think if you can find that fit, you can be, you know, really successful. So I would just say, you know, be out loud about it. Don't be embarrassed of it. These are the things that I stand for. People would say, well, what happens if you're, you know, told you're wrong? Well, then you'll spend a lot of time at a company where you're not going to be successful, or you're not going to be happy. So be yourself, be authentic, be values-based. And I think um, you can get a lot done. Yeah. Great advice, Carl. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's always great to see and connect great with you. you and too. yeah, it was so exciting hearing about everything going on at 24 hour fitness. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. And that wraps up this episode of the club solutions magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at Rachel at club solutions, magazine.com.